If you're making notes, the title of my preach is Cast Yourself on Christ. Cast yourself on Christ. What does that mean? What does the word cast mean? Logan? Vivek? Throw. Basically, throw yourself on Christ. It could also mean this. Anyway, it's my baby's ball, so it's not going to hurt him. It also can mean, I'm going to leave that there. It can also mean forcefully throw yourself upon Christ. Why is this important to us? You know, we're waiting for a family meeting, like they call it, uh, sorry, tonight. And we, most of us are nervous. I had a conversation with my wife. She said, it's the first time that you actually get nervous about this side. And she goes like, I've booked a bunch of shoots because she's a photographer. There's families coming. They've paid stuff. You know, we need to pay stuff. We're using that money to pay stuff. And it might all just come down and we might go into some type of lockdown again. And she's worried. And then suddenly I'm worried. And we're all worried if suddenly because we hear about this new virus and, you know, are we going to have a December? Are we not going to have December? Are you going to have work? Are you not going to have work? Will more people die? Will more people... And we're worried. Hey? Suddenly this thing is in the back of our heads. Even with the December holidays coming up, you know, we can, it can so easily distract us. It's silly season, you know? We I just look at Black Friday. I go on to take a lot and I go like, oh, I need to buy this now. <laughs> and we all start and we like, we get distracted. And it's like, Christmas is coming up. I need to buy the best Christmas presents. It's the funniest thing. Let's just say this. Um, with baby showers sometimes, I didn't know that, but sometimes there's like a com competition of who buys the best present. And my wife's like, this present is not that nice. I'm like, no, 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 it's amazing, eh? But it's like you get so distracted by these worldly things sometimes. And even with this virus, and we go like, we're worried. And we forget about looking to Jesus. Because what do we want to do? This is me. I try to figure out, suddenly go, now, we're not going to get this money, so how am I going to pay this? How am I going to do this? And I start looking inward, and I try to figure out, okay, how am I going to solve this problem, do this, you know, the situation, Christmas, it's December, I'm going to be busy. And I try to figure out stuff and, and try to do in my own strength, in my own wisdom. And we're not looking to Jesus and asking, what should I do? Where should I be worried? You know, Lord, you're much bigger than this thing, than this COVID thing. You know? And so that's what I want to speak to us tonight is, is, is this cast yourself on Christ. Throw those things. And I would say throw it forcefully, those worries. And say, Lord, I'm not going to, I'm not going to worry about this. Hey, eh? I'm just going to. Where's my ball? And I know this, this thing, I'm like, because what do we do? We do this. Oh, <laughs> what am I going to do about this thing? How am I going to solve it? And we try. And Jamie is funny. He's starting to learn to throw, so he does this. <laughs> and it falls on, on him the whole time. And then sometimes we want to give something to Jesus, and we go and we go, and we throw it on ourselves because we've decided suddenly, nah, I can't trust him with this. He's like, this is, this, I, can't, I can't give this totally to him. But he wants us to trust him. He wants us to cast, keep it there, our burdens, our worries, situations, all these things on him. 
Colossians 3, verse 1 to 4. There isn't a screen. So I'm going to read it to you. If you want to, you're allowed to use your phone as well. <laughs> so it says this. Paul's writing to the church and he's saying, So if you have been raised with Christ. So who's he talking to? He's talking to Christians. Seek the things above where Christ is seated. Seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds or cast your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is your life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. And so the, Paul's basically saying this. Let the things above occupy your thinking, shape your outlook, and shape your attitude or your response and actions. You know, how do we act? How do we respond when things happen to us, when we start worrying, you know? Are we occupying our minds with this thing? Or are we choosing to occupy our minds with the things above? Is this situation, this thing shaping how we think, or is the things above shaping how we think? That's what Paul says, guys. He says, you are a new creation. So he's talking to Christians. He says, you once walked around like this, you know, looking at yourself, looking, what, I sh what should I do? What, what would the world do? Google, well, there wasn't Google in that time, but Google, you know, how... 10 ways to be happy, Google, uh, how can I be good in my relationship with my husband or my wife, Google, how to find a boyfriend now, you know, all these things. <laughs> you know, and, you, and, and, he's, and Paul said, once, once you looked like this and looked at the things of this world to guide you, to give you wisdom, to occupy your mind, he says, but now that you're in Christ, you look up. To the things above. You look there. How do I react in this situation? What do I do? How, if I've been changed and I belong to Christ, what does he want me to do? And so Paul is saying to the guys, you are new creations now. And so I'm going to... I want to look at three things that can, that can occupy our minds and shape our outlook. So three things that determine that many times allows us to stop looking up and start looking around us. The first thing is the world. Romans 12 verse 2 says this. Um, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. You know, he says that word, do not be conformed. What does conform mean? It means you become like the world. You let the worldly structures, the worldly wisdom, the worldly things influence you and you start acting that way. And so Paul says, no, 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 stop. Stop looking. Do not be conformed, but be conformed by, by looking to Jesus. Put those things aside. 1 John 2, 15 verse 6 says, Do not love the world or the things of the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. It's so, it's so interesting. Like he, he, he says there's three things, and that's how Adam and Eve fell as well. 
you know, the, the apple or the pasca or the whatever they ate, because we don't know. It, 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 was, it was desirable to the flesh, you know. They wanted it, desirable to the eyes. It looked nice. And the devil said to them, what? If you eat of this, you'll become like God. And so the pride of life, they wanted to be like God, you know. And so there's, there's this worldly system that wants us to be like the world, to act like the world, and to think like the world. There's all these structures and stuff that's going on. You know, they call it woke. Woke. It's this woke culture that it's all about, I'm not going to go into this now, but it's all about this politics and, you know, you have to understand and think newly about these things. And if you don't accept this, if you don't accept what we are saying to you, what's going to happen to you? Well, we're going to cancel you on Twitter, you know, cancel culture. This is the new thing is if you say something that people don't like, they're going to cancel you. Say, I'm not going to follow you anymore. I'm not going to listen to you. And they, and they get people around them to do it as well. Now, cancel this person. Can I just tell us to, tonight that if you're a Christian, you will be canceled. <laughs> All right? If you're a Christian, you will be canceled. Why? Because Jesus said this. If they hated me, they will hate you. They will hate you. If they, if they persecuted me, they will persecute you. And for some reason, we think that we need to look the, the way of the world so we can somehow influence them. What, what is that? No. You know, churches believe that if I don't have this and this and this and this. You know, I saw a church the other day, like, they have this massive, they do all these movie stuff on it where they do musicals and stuff. I'm like, where's Jesus in this? Now we want to get the unsafe people in. They don't want the world. They're coming here to see something different. Come on, man. Now, now we want to start looking like the world because we want to reach the... No. Jesus sat among those people that was lost. And they saw something in Jesus and said, there's something different there. You know, the Bible said he wasn't the best looking guy. But still, everyone flocked around him. And so what are we doing when we walk around? You know, are we conforming and going like, no, nah, I, I need to accept this. I need to read this. I need to just take some of the worldly doctrines and stuff and just so I can reach those around me. No, man. No. <laughs> the church is the bride of Christ. We're called to look different. You're called to look different. You're not called to look like the world and act like the world. Someone said to me, I, I listen to a podcast and the guy's like, no, nah, I can sit in a bar and then I swear, but it's just to reach them. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> no. Look up. There's a different culture. There's a different way. There's holiness. Jesus did not come so that you can conform and look like this world. He came so that you can be different. And if you're cancelled in, in being different, then so be it, to the glory of God. Sorry, I get very... <laughs> you know, I was looking at Instagram the other day. Uh, I, don't, I deleted my Instagram. And it takes like a month, they say. It takes a month for your stuff to be deleted for some reason. But I was going and I didn't go on Instagram a lot. And I decided yeah, that I'm just going to scroll a bit. They call it the death scroll. And I go and I scroll. And suddenly, my flesh goes like, oh. I wanna, I want to buy this. I wanna, yeah, that guy looks good. You know, there's a guy, 
with some tattoos on his on his hands. <laughs> like I was like, yeah, that's cool, bro. I would like that. And I <laughs> and it's like a bunch of stuff. And I, I, I literally in two minutes, like all of Jesus and the world. It's like I go like, yes, this looks nice. I want to look like this, and I want to. I want these things. It's not bad to want the stuff because I saw some great break stuff there as well, which I wanted. <laughs> Which is bad, which isn't bad, but it's, it's crazy how you start scrolling and you get these perfect photos. My wife always goes like, yes, look at this ba beautiful baby shoot and, and uh, I want this baby shoot. And I'm like, yeah, it's crazy how just your flesh, it just draws you in. And I'm not saying don't go on Instagram, but how much do we go on Instagram versus conforming, like transforming our minds by reading the word, by being in prayer? Are we allowing the world to influence us and conform us? I lost. There we go. So it's the system of the world that wants to be, wants us to be like them, act like them, and think like them. And that's not what we're called to. The second thing, the flesh. So what's the flesh? I've got two stories. Okay, I'm going to go for both. So I... I know my, Stefan calls it the Achilles heel. It's Troy. They shot him in the foot and he couldn't battle anymore. Hey, Stefan? Am I correct? Am I telling it wrong? 80% correct. Okay. So Achilles was the guy. So I'm bad at this. Achilles got a shot in his Achilles and then? And then he died. Okay. <laughs> Hashtag do research before the time. So, so my, <laughs> my Achilles heel is, and I know this, uh, this is a bit of my flesh, is I, when I get excited about something, I get very excited about something. So I, then I start all my time, all my research, you can check my Google, and I learn about this thing. I become addicted very quickly. It might not look like it, Deneo, but back in the day when I was in high school, I used to gym. All right, it might not look like this anymore, but, but, I, but then I got addicted. I was like sick and I would still be in the gym. Now, lately, I got into jogging <laughs> with another elder. I'm not going to point him out. And Jared. <laughs> one, they call me the one-month wonder. I did 100Ks in one month, just to say. I won. We did this Nike app and then you can. And I'm very competitive, me and my wife. Very competitive. Pray for us. <laughs> the Lord kills it. And so we had this Nike thing where the, the amount of kilometers you run, it shows up and then you get first, second, third, and fourth place. And I wanted to be first. And I was first. Now I'm lost again. <laughs> so, um, but I got into it. The podcasts that I listened to in my car was about running. I was at I was like, I went from running 5Ks to wanting to do an ultra run. Now, if you know what an ultra run is, that's like 100 plus kilometers. So I was prepping. I was like, guys, I'm going to do, skip the marathon, ultra run. I was like looking on, I'm like, this, because you need to look nice when you run as well, eh, Gina? Amen. You need to look nice, Nike, Adidas. I'm like, Leafy, Leafy, ek weet ons die by a quarter brookie. <laughs> and I got like, I got into this. And in the midst of it, the Lord 
convicted me. Yeah. The one thing I say, always said is, I, I said to the guys, I'll never gym because I don't have time for it. And if I have to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning just to gym and I skip my quiet time with the Lord, I'm not going to do it because the quiet time is more important. When I got into jogging, the jogging started getting important. I was like, guys, I don't want to do six. I'm going to do half past five in the mornings. And that became a thing. The Lord convicted me. And my flesh, like, just got into it. It's like, you know, it's like these, do you call it endorphins? That you get, you get uh, what's that? So you, when you run, something happens and you just run as high. You just feel amazing. And I was like running the one day and I said to you guys, I'm experiencing run as high and running. And that's the thing, it, it caught me. And the more, and what I did, I started feeding it more. And I fed it more, and I fed it more. And I just, the repenting on the beginning where I said to you guys, I lost my first love, that was the reason. Now, is jogging a sin? No, it's good. The Bible says, you know, physical exercise is of some benefit. So there's a benefit to it. Felt more fit. Stefan begin haar club. So, but uh, <laughs> what? It's the wicked that flees. <laughs> it's the wicked that runs. Yeah, that's the scripture. So, so I got into this thing, and and you know what? It's not a sin. It's not. But when it becomes more important, and that's the thing you concentrated on, and that's the thing my my mind was shaped by running. You know, I watched documentaries, all these things. I was like pouring stuff into it. And I, that's all I could think about night and day. I promise you, I would drive and I would check roads. And I would go like, is this a nice road to run? Okay, there's so many kilometers that we can do. It was bad. And it started to shape the way I think and the way I act and, the, and what I speak. And it's the flesh. That's what happens. And so the scripture says, what you sow into the flesh, you will reap from the flesh. So what do we sow? What are you sowing? Because what you are sowing, you'll reap those things, and that will and those things will occupy, shape, occupy your thinking, shape your outlook and your attitude. So you can ask yourself that question. Ask now, what am I sowing into my flesh? It might not be a sin, but here's another thing: offense. We get so, we're so quick to get offended, offended. And it's worse when you don't spend time with Jesus because then, you, then you're hot for offense. Now, I was offended this week and, uh, well, it, it was building up and I got offended and I was driving in the car and I'm like, I'm preaching on this, so I have to live it out now. And I said to the Lord, Lord, I don't feel like this. And I feel like I'm correct. And I feel like this is not my mistake. It's their mistake. But that's pride. I'm laying it down. Forgive me. And I cast this thing on you. I throw it on you. I give it to you. And I promise you, I kid you not, and this might not happen every time, but it happened to me. There was a peace that came over me. It's not like the situation went away. A few hours later, it came back. And I had to do that thing again, to go, Lord, I choose to give it to you. Offense. You know, the flesh wants to tell you, you're the right one. That's how he's wrong. You shouldn't have said that. 
<laughs> a fence. And when we have a fence, we start looking like this, and it shapes the way we think. It shapes the way we think. We start trying to make, get all these arguments why I'm the correct one, and this guy's the bad one, and he shouldn't have offended me, but I'm offended. Stop it. <laughs> Sorry. You have to stop it. Give it to Jesus. Lay it down. Cast your mind on him. Let him tell you. David said, search my heart, O God. And if there's any wickedness in me, show me. Give it to Jesus. And there's many other things. Money and success. It all... You know, it satisfies the, defle the flesh. The more money I have, the, just the better I feel. Success, yeah, but it's not wrong. It's good to have success, yeah, but if it, it's constantly in your mind and that's the thing you live for and that's shaping the way you're thinking and the way you're acting, then I'm sorry. It's a sin. Because you're not called to think of that the whole time and that alone. You're supposed to lift your gaze. And yes, Jesus makes people successful. He does. Yes, Jesus gives people money. He does. I've seen it. But that shouldn't be what we live for. That should not be what we live for. Oh, my time. Okay, I'm going to... Okay, number three, circumstances. I'm going to go to circumstances, and then I'm going to just point us to the things above. Circumstances. What is circumstances? You know... I just told you guys about the business thing about COVID happening and Nadine's worrying about, you know, we need, we'll have to pay back. Those things are circumstances. We can easily just get entangled in those things and get... What circumstance are you going through? You may have lost a loved one. And that, I mean, Jesus wept when that happened. Yes. But in the midst of it, are we looking to him? Now, you might be going through a difficult financial situation. Trust him. Trust him with it. I've gone through a lot of them. And he's always came through for me. What circumstance are you going through? Looking for a job? Trust him. Trust him with that circumstance. Give it to him. Look, look, look above. Look to the things above. Give that circumstance to him. What are the things that Paul talks about when he says, look to the things above? There's two. One, he says, so if you've been raised with Christ, seek the things above where Christ is seated. At the right hand of God. You know, when Christ is seated at the right hand of God, it means he's in control. This pandemic, this thing that's happening, this new outbreak, it's not like he doesn't go like, oh, shucks, I didn't expect this. No, he's in control. He's in 100% control. That difficulty you're facing, that thing you're going through, he's in control. Do we believe that Christ is in control? Do we believe that Jesus is in control? When everything is feeling like it's falling apart, look up, say, Jesus, 
You're seated at the right hand of the Father. That means you are in control of the situation. And I decide to cast this thing on you and say, take, take control, God. I don't want to do this myself. What does it mean? It means Christ can sympathize with our weaknesses. This is beautiful. He says, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence, 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 draw near to the throne of grace. Confidence. You, as a Christian, can have the confidence to approach him when everything is feeling like it's falling apart. When you're tempted... You can go to him because he went through temptation. When you're weak, go to him because he was weak when he was on earth. He knows what you're going through. He knows what you're going through. And at a point is he prays for us. He prays for us. That's, a, that's, that's so amazing that we know that when we go through stuff and we, de we desire stuff and everything feels like it's falling apart, that we have a Savior, a high priest who prays for us. Come on. The high priest, someone that keeps on day and night, night and day, prays for you. Always. Always prays for you. That's Jesus. That's my King. The one who is in control, the one who went for everything that I'm going through, and the one who prays for me continuously. I don't have to be afraid. I'm sorry. I do not have to be afraid. But it takes an action. It takes an action to do this thing. This thing is not going to just go out of my hand for no reason. It takes, sorry, Logan. It takes an action. It takes an action. You have to choose to cast. You have to choose to look up. This morning the Lord said to me this. I said, Lord, it's, it's difficult. He said, but my grace, by grace, I'm strengthening you. I'm giving you the strength to look up. I'm giving you the strength to go through this thing. By grace. And the second thing is he says this. And Paul said, oh, no, 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 but the Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews says this. I run this race set before me, looking to Jesus, the author and perfecter of my faith. And he says in, in Colossians, there's a reward waiting for us. When we go through stuff, there's two things we remind ourselves. That we have a king, a high priest, who is in control, above all, the creator of all things. He prays for me, and he knows what I'm going through. And also that this suffering that I'm experiencing now, This thing that I'm going through right now will soon pass. Because you know what? This dwelling is, is, is not permanent. It's for but now. I'm going to a place where there's no suffering. There's rejoicing. There's a reward for me. And I'll be face to face with Jesus. And all the things of this world will grow strangely dim. Guys, we have to cost ourselves cast our minds to the things above to Jesus constantly we have to 